And hello, hello again. This is Dr. Larry, Senior Pastor or Bishop here at Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors. My family and I, we do bring you greetings and we say shalom. Peace be upon you and in your life. Uh, we got a powerful message we're going to minister and share with you based on kingdom concepts, kingdom concepts. And his teaching here is going to really uh, fall under kingdom culture, kingdom culture and how important it is for us as kingdom citizens to always have our behavior cultivated by the king and the kingdom of heaven impacting us in the earth and that's the kingdom of Yah or the kingdom of Elohim translated kingdom of God all right so culture actually is a set of behavior patterns <clears throat> set of behavior patterns uh culture has to do with of passing of laws laws produce culture whoever controls law controls culture always remember that whoever controls law controls culture the way people behave the way they act uh, who respect who uh, how this is respected how that is respected it's the same way in the kingdom his law produced culture or the influence that will cultivate our minds and determine the way we think and how we think determines the way we act so we gonna get right into this and we're gonna talk about the feast of dedication or hanukkah 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 uh, is the hebrew word for dedication feast of dedication or hanukkah uh very important i call this actually uh the hidden feast i know our message is conception of a king but it was a what we call a hidden feast and we're gonna let you know what we mean by what we uh when we say that also for those YouTubers, uh, go ahead and hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, you know, and um, subscribe to our channel. We appreciate you so much for doing that. You also can go to our web page. We have all the information for you where you can contact us. Now, we're going to get right into the teaching here. <clears throat> First thing we want to do is ask a couple questions, give some answers. Uh, we got uh, four points here. And the first one is Hanukkah in the Bible. You can spell it with a C-O-H. <clears throat> it's Hanukkah in the Bible. The next one is Hanukkah in the scripture. Of course, you won't see the word Hanukkah in the English translation of the Greek text, but you will see uh, the word Hanukkah in the English translation of the Hebrew text, the original uh, Messianic scriptures and the writing of, of, of Messiah. You know, there, there's been a, a great cover up there in terms of uh, uh, giving the Greeks credit for everything and saying this was Greek and that was Greek. And actually, when you study true history, you'll find out that the Hebrews detested the Greeks. They didn't like them at all. And uh, you're going to see one of the reasons why uh, doing this teaching here. And here's another one is Hanukkah for the religious Jews. Now, I said religious Jews uh, because the term Jew is actually a made up uh, label for religion. It's a made up religious label. If you go to the book of Malachim called Kings, you'll see uh how or why uh the people at that time began to use the term Yehudites that come from Judah, the tribe of Judah. There are no J's in the Hebrew language. There are no J's in the names, okay? So Judah and uh, those who chose to follow David versus the rebellious king, they start calling them Yehudites because they uh were of the tribe of Judah. And all of those who decided to follow uh, David also, they just call them Yehudites. That's where that term be first began. And of course, later on, you know, the, the Romans and the Greeks got a hold to 
uh, changed the definition of terms and came up with the word Jews and put that label on uh, the European Jews we see today. So is Hanukkah for the religious Jews? We're going to look at that, that we only see today. Uh, where is the miracle of the oil recorded? We're going to look at that also in terms of Hanukkah, because Hanukkah, uh, the feast uh, or dedication, is all about the miracle of oil, what happened as a result of the people of Elohim not compromising and adhering to his instructions and obeying his teaching. So we're going to look at a point here, the history of Hanukkah. We're going to look at that. All right. It falls on the 25th day of the Hebrew month, Kesleve, the night month. The 25th day of the what? The Hebrew month, Kesleve. Now, all of the holy uh, weeks, the uh, Moadibs, the, uh, it's translated to the English feast of festivals, are time based on the Hebrew calendar and there and not the Gregorian calendar. The Hebrew calendar is lunar, is lunar. So you can't time things. The father didn't do it. He never tried to, matter of fact, the Gregorian, Gregorian calendar didn't even exist uh, during the time these events took place, nor did it exist uh, during the time of uh, Yeshua uh, when he was on earth uh, doing the things that he was doing. Didn't even exist. So uh, Yeshua didn't come, he wasn't born on a Gregorian calendar secular holiday. He was not resurrected, death, burial, resurrected on the Gregorian calendar secular holiday. Holy Spirit did not come, uh, the governor did not come back on a Gregorian calendar secular holiday. All of these are what you call replacement theology, they are called uh, uh, tools to divorce the ambassadors, the congregation of saints, the royal priesthood, the holy nation of Elohim from his laws that produce his culture and the way he want us to behave. All of that, that's how it came about. So you got the Hebrew uh, month, Kesleve, and, and of course there's a ninth month. Very interesting because nine, uh, you know, uh, the 40 weeks, uh, was it a nine months, 40 weeks of pregnancy, you know, right in, right in that area. And of course, the number nine come from the Hebrew Olivet Tet, and it has to do with the results that follows making choices or decision. The results that follow making choices or decision is also mean what's around. So even when a woman conceives, you know, the baby, uh, the human being begin uh, to grow uh, as a result of decision that it, the married couple made to come together and uh, produce, you know, children like the father wants us to. And what follows that is a continuation of procreation of humankind. So that's one of the meaning of Tet and the number nine is going to come up again. The ninth month is very interesting, very important. Remember, numbers in scripture are prophetic. They are predictive and they bring accountability. If you know the true meaning of numbers based on scripture, then you can see how it fits so wonderful in even when you get an interpretation of scripture. All right. Now, since the Hebrew calendar is lunar based every year, every year, the first day of Hanukkah falls on a different day, usually sometimes between late November and late December on the Roman secular calendar. All right. Now let's look at this next note. Too many, too many kingdom citizens are compromising with the world system. Keyword compromise, write it down, underline, do what you got to do 
because that word compromise is certainly going to come up again or that what happens when we don't compromise and when we do compromise. All right. The kingdom citizens are compromising with the world system and putting the world's culture, putting the world's culture. I didn't start my timer. Hmm. <laughs> putting the world's culture. Okay. All right. Uh, you're going to have to help me with my time. Okay. Y'all heard him. <laughs> putting the world culture before Elohim. This has diminished Holy Spirit's blessing on the congregation have diminished the Holy Spirit blessing on the holy nation for those who practice these things. All right. We have been taught wrong, but the Lord has sent his word and is healing the land of these false pagan practices. Now the word pagan is not talking about an unsaved person or demonic activity. Actually the word pagan means religious practice, religion. Any religion is pagan. Today, hear his voice, harden not your hearts, change is necessary. Now we got two scriptures here. On our next note, we're going to look at, we're going to read that to you. All right. Okay. So in Corinthians, be yet, or 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, we're going to look at this. Corinthians, be yet. That's uh, uh, actually the uh, original name for Corinthians. You see, you see that. And you can go to the uh, 2009 scripture translation. And you have all the original names in there like they should be. You have Elohim, you have Yahweh, you have Yeshua, you have Yochanan, you have Matthew. All the original names prior to the colonizer getting a hold to the Messianic scriptures uh, and translating it from the Greek into the English and taking the English names and replacing the original Hebrew names with English names. And that is totally wrong. Absolutely. Thank you. He says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness, here we go. What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light, another key word, keep it in your, in your mind, in your heart, can light have with darkness? Uh, Corinthians, I left, or first Corinthians 10 and 19. Then do I say that an idol is of any value or that which is slaughtered? to idols is of any value? No, but what the nation slaughtered, they slaughtered to demons and not to Elohim. And I do not wish you to become sharers with demons or partakers with demons. He is telling us here that uh, the, the system of darkness, whatever they sacrifice or honor or worship, is being uh, directed to uh, demons, the fallen Malachans or angels who, who, who followed the old uh, cherub, the old covering cherub, the old serpent, Lucifer, Satan, Yeshua called him the old serpent who are here on the earth now carrying out the works of darkness. Okay. So, and, and just recently there was another uh, uh, worship. They said over 50,000 people, were in a uh, uh, worship of Satan and uh, the young man there, I think Travis, somebody, uh, Scott, yeah, uh, with all these demonic images and symbols and words and all this kind of stuff. But all of his worshipers, he's the idol, he's the puppet, uh, demonic influence is flowing through him very strong and is in the music and to have people deceive and they are turn their worship to a 
person. All right. But we just had that happen. Whereas it, it turned out bad, but actually relative to the uh, powers of darkness, it turned out good for them because that's what they after death. They after bad things, uh, opening up portals to, uh, darkness. I don't want to get in that. That's another teaching and we will cover that. Uh, believe me, but it's just a lot of things that are going on. Uh, when you are worshiping idols, idolatry, idolatry, covetousness, and want to be like somebody, want to have what they have, you know, living your life vicariously through someone else and the entertainment industry. That's what it's all designed to do to take away worship and honor from the creator and give it to the fallen cherub. Now let's look at this point here. Uh, how were the hol uh, holy days? Here we go. Did away. Who did away? I, I know this note said did away, but who did away with the kingdom holidays and legalized the religious holidays? So we got to get to this thing because many don't know about Hanukkah. Think it's for the, the religious Jews you see of today or that's that's past and things like this, that all of that is a replacement theology and is a part of the secular culture and religion mixed with the secular. And we was talking about um, idol worship and you can't mix anything with light. Light doesn't mix with darkness. Light drive out darkness. You Even the, the music industry and the singers and all of this, uh, you can tell who is really flowing in light and who is flowing in darkness. Look at who is compromising. Look at what so-called gospel singers are singing with their breasts all out, tight clothing, and all that kind of stuff representing, you know, the flesh influencing and motivating, you know, fleshual lust and eyes on me and things of this nature uh, relative to those who are discreet, who are holding on uh, to holiness and projecting holiness and projecting the kingdom culture. It's, it's very easy to see. It's, you know, for anyone who mine have been uh, deceived. So uh, we're going to see who did away. Who did away with the kingdom holy days and legalize and legalize religious holidays. Now, uh, I'm not in Barashee 1 and 14. And this this teaching is, is you look on YouTube, uh, you will find anything dealing with uh, holy days or holidays. Uh, we have broke broke it down. Barashee 1 and 14, how that the scripture says that the uh, one of the purpose or function of the sun, the moon and the, uh, the creation that the father created in heaven is was for Yeshua, the word Moadibs. You know, that word in Barashi 114 say signs and seasons, but actually it means that word for signs is Alevav Tav. Yeshua said, I am the Alevav Tav. I am the uh, the power of the Father's word. When you spell Aleph out, Aleph Lamed Pei. I left the Father and his power, uh, Lamed authority to control and then pay me to speak the power of the father's word, the authority of the uh, father's word. Yeshua is the word of the father, you know, and then Tav uh, and Avav mean to connect or establish and Tav means covenant. It means to identify because of a covenant and you know who I am because who I'm connected to. So he said, that's me right there. And what he was making reference to was actually the Hebrew language, which is Hebrew letter words. They are not characters and they also written in ancient African and do neither or uh, pictograph. So Yeshua said himself, that's who he was. I tell you what, let's look at it. I was going to explain it to you, but, um, uh, we, we're going to look at that and, uh, let me get it here and 
we're going to go to uh, Barashi or call Genesis 1 and uh, 14. All right, here we go. All right. Then Elohim said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night. Very important. And let them be. Let them be. Now, uh, this is the King James. We're just going to look at that in the NIV uh, right here. Let's look at that in the NIV. It, it did a better job on the translation of this particular verse, verse right here. And it says, and Elohim said, they should went on. Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. You know, they're talking about the moon and the sun right there. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times. Now, they are, they, here, this word signs is very interesting. They're very important because when you look at it in the original language, it's not signs, it's oath. And actually, most lexicons say that it's uh, not translatable. It tra and then when it's translated, translated signs, ensign, miracles, mark. And that's okay because if you are in a covenant, uh, you, you, you are marked, you are identified, you know, uh, with the covenant tenets and the agreements of that covenant. You know, but Yeshua said himself, I am the oath or olive tar. So actually the sun and the moon, what he was saying here was that the sacred times were the sacred times that comes from the word of the father. The word of the father is the law. The word of the king is the law of the king. Remember we said earlier, law produced culture and we dealing with timing and special days. That's a part of culture. All right. So we see here that the sun and the moon and the lights in the firmament, they're going to serve as the word or Yeshua's sacred times. This word sacred times is the Hebrew word more deep. And I'll show it to you. The sacred times. It's the Hebrew word Moadib. All right. And here we go right where you see this word. I'm just over it right here. That's signs. And right here, here go Moadib or Moadim, Moadib. Okay. And of course, it means uh, sacred uh, appointed times for the congregation, appointed times for meetings. Uh, and then it also means divine appointed times. Okay. Just wanted to show you that. All right, and I normally have it in a note, break it down each and everything like that. But you'll never, you'll never understand that, you know, if you just study from the English translation only. That's why we go back to the Hebrew. We use, I got a study guide that I've already uh, have read it for you. It's, it's very powerful and yet very simple to give you the meaning of the Hebrew letter words meaning. All right. So he was letting us know that there are special divine appointed times and they have not passed if they have passed then you gotta delete bearish 1 and 14 you can't do that so that's a result of replacement theology and religion changing the concepts of the scriptures the intent you remember when Yeshua said I didn't come I didn't I never came I didn't come here to do away with no law and what a, I didn't come to do a do way with my word. <laughs> I came to expand my laws and my words. What people get mixed up at 
is just studying from the English translation. What Sheol said, you know, that the law passed and this passed and the other this and the other this, and we're under grace, we're not under law. You're always under law, you know. So we got to understand what law he was talking about. He was not making reference to the eternal kingdom law. He was making reference to the ritual and ceremonial law. And if a person not a student, they can't find that and, and interpret scripture properly. Because again, most depend on the translators to do that for you. And that's totally wrong. All right. So who did away with the kingdom holidays and legalized religious holidays? Look at this image I have here because I got these lights uh, dealing with Hanukkah a holy uh, 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 day, and then you got the Christmas day because there's a huge conflict here and a separation. Now, let's go into it. Constantine the Great <laughs> or the president. You know, that's why we say all the time, you can't mix secular government with the kingdom government. You know, you can't, it, it just is not going to work. It's not going to work. When we want some great savior to rise up as president, and restore this and save this and save that, that the Democrat or Republic in our nation, country I live in, are not the kingdom government. It's a secular government. And the father ain't sending nobody in a government that he didn't start, he own, he don't own, he disowned, by the way, to do anything. He have already sent Yeshua and Yahshua Haya called Isaiah says the government of the kingdom be on his shoulders. Yeshua brought the government of the kingdom back, you know, the father don't want us trying to change a secular government. He want us to live by the kingdom government and the governor who was on the inside of us to govern our lives. So Constantine the Great, also known as Constantine or Saint, watch this, Saint Constantine was a Roman emperor of Iran, uh, 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 Iran. Greek origin from 306 to 337 AD. He was the son of Flavius Valerius Constantinus, a Roman army officer and his consort Helena. He is totally responsible for the breaking away of the congregation of Elohim from the scripture set holy days and the beginning and the bringing in of the pagan Greek Roman holidays. See, this was done legally. Remember we say law, controlled culture, the politicians, the president got with the uh, bishops and the popes and they set holidays. The heck with what the scriptures say, we're going to set our own. And we have notes on that and you can check it out in the, uh, uh, in the, on, on, you can go on Google and Google it and you'll see where the Nicene council, when they had that council, one of the statements was made that we're going to keep our holy easter and we're not gonna allow these detestable jews or yehudites to tell us how to worship those were racial supremacists that's basically what it was okay now so that's who is who was responsible for that all this is important all of this is important relative to understanding uh hanukkah uh, is what the kingdom citizen should be celebrating also and what i like uh, what when well let me put it this way the reason we call it the hidden feast because it wasn't a part of the three major the three major Mordives and that is uh, the Mordive of unleavened bread that's when Yeshua death, burial, resurrection offering up of first fruits uh, Passover, all that took place 
doing unleavened bread. And then Shavuot, that's when the governor, the Holy Spirit came. You remember in Mount Sinai when the father spoke out of the fire and gave the instructions, the Torah instructions and the laws of the uh, kingdom to govern a nation that will represent the kingdom in the earth. And then you have uh, Sukkot, which is uh, called a medieval tabernacle. That's when Yeshua was born. And he came not based on Gregorian timing. He came based on the Hebrew calendar, which is lunar. And when he came, he didn't delete the lunar calendar. He, no, he didn't. He didn't do that. All right. So the government of the kingdom is based on that calendar. The uh, powers of darkness and the secular world and religions, religion, religion, the culture of religion go by the Gregorian calendar. All right. Let's look at this right here. All right. So Christmas or Christ mass, not the Messiah mass. Did, did you all know that the English translation for the original word Hamashiach is Messiah and not Christ? Christ is totally of Latin Greek origin. Have no re Hebrew ties, period, period. The English word for Mashiach is Messiah. But in all your Bible translations, other than the world messianic translation, no messianic translation and 2009 scripture translation, other than those, all of them have Christ in there. So it's a part of the religious culture. This is why when you first hear the truth because of the stronghold that's set up in the belief system, it sometimes take a while to uproot that. So you have to hear truth continually. Faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing. You have to continue to hear truth and allow the light to drive out the darkness that's in the belief system. You understand? But some people are so rooted and steep in religion that they don't want to let that stronghold go and he never changed. I never say Messiah. I always say Christ. I never say Yeshua. I always say Jesus. Well, hang around until, you know, the the the, award, the the great seven year reward of calling in of the overcoming ambassadors during the tribulation period and after that and then Yeshua himself come to earth you're gonna call him by his name <laughs> and it's not the one you think it is all right so before the time of Constantine watch this we're just looking at how things got messed up you got to go back and see how things got to be where they are in order to bring correction and you always come back error with truth you don't debate you don't fight just speak the truth. The sword of the word of the spirit will always do his job. So before the time of Constantine's saints, ambassadors, believers, holy nation, a royal priesthood, the people of Elohim never celebrated Yeshua's birthday on December 25th. They didn't? Okay. However, they did celebrate the Feast of Tabernacle or Sukkot. This is a time when the Messiah was born according to scripture, right in the scripture, been there all the time. You don't have to uh, go to no Jewish rabbi and find out when the sheep was born and what time the dogs bark and the weather and all that. It's right there in the scripture. It's right there, right there in the lineage of um, uh, uh, Zechariah in his lineage in the time that they served in the temple doing the more deeds of the feast days not not the gregorian stuff you'll never get it that's why it's so important to understand believers that you can't get proper interpretation of scripture based on secular 
democratic religious concepts. You'll never get it. You got to go to uh, where everything began, how it started and how it still should be. All right. So this is the time Yeshua was born. All right. Now, what we at? Okay. Romans had long celebrated December 25th as the birthday of Mithras. In the year 274, the emperor Aurelian had actually designated Mithras' birthday as an official Roman holiday. That's what they was talking about in the Nicene Council. We're going to keep this, you know, we're going to keep this just like you got uh, kingdom citizens who don't know any better and who have been taught wrong. No, I'm going to keep me some Christmas now, you know, and you take away all the mother days and all that, 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 that. No, but Christmas, I just, I'm going to have to do this. I'm, I, you know, I'm just, you know, it's, it's the same. It's the same influence and it's a demonic influence. It's a doctrine of demons, period. There is only light, which is knowledge of the kingdom and darkness, which is rebellion against the knowledge of the kingdom. And when it comes to days and culture, the king's law, his word regulates culture for his citizens. We don't do that. We don't allow uh, the Roman Catholic Church or the Roman uh, politics to determine our behavior patterns relative to our worship of the king. All right. Now, uh, let's, let's look at this ne next note. Also known as Saturn, Saturn, Saturnalia. Let me give me some more. Nalea, Mithras' birthday was one of uh, the Romans' favorite festivals. Watch this. Uh, Bereshi 1 and 14, the father uh, instituted, established through his word, special days. The word did. The word. That's why Yeshua said, I am the olive of top. I am the written, written word given to man that was written on lambskin, on scrolls. That's me. I, I even interpret myself because each Hebrew alphabet is spelled with other letter words. All right. So uh, this is a known favorite festival. Now watch this and see, are there any similarities to this demonic idolatry worship relative to the Christmas religious worship? All right. A time of good cheer. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? And gift giving. Oh, 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 oh. oh. And we're going to see Hanukkah had nothing to do with no gift giving or anything like that. The Feast of Dedication wasn't about that at all. On that one day of the year, uh, masters would serve their slaves. Now watch this right here. And people uh, take this and say, well, you know, slavery been around. Uh, 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 it's been around. It's been around. Let me tell you something. It was a Roman Catholic Pope, uh, Innocent, who issued the edict that said that if you had skin my color, you were free game to be brutalized and forced into uh, free labor based on skin color. Slavery was never based on skin color until that was done and the Europeans went crazy on Africans and Hebrews and the enemy used that to deport as many Hebrews out of Africa. Israel was in Africa and still is out of to other places as he could. So I always remember that only way a person would be uh, a servant or a slave was because of religious persecution, a prisoner of war, or working out of debt. Only three reasons. It had nothing to do with skin color. Nothing. So if slavery always existed, then you would have had all nations in America 
out there in the cotton fields chopping and picking cotton and not just people with black skin. Hopefully that will help you out as way of history. All right. So uh, Romans would give food to the uh, children of the poor. Now that Yeshua called Jesus was viewed as a manifestation of the sun God, Saturnalia was declared a Christian holiday, Christmas, the birthday of the Roman Greek Jesus. There it is right there. I don't care how, you know, you can't change the law of the king. And, and you know, it's like, I say all the time, we don't debate about stuff and people just and just go on and do stuff. And, and, and a lot of leaders know if they actually tell the people the truth, the people, uh, uh, those that choose darkness rather than light, they're going to jump up and take their money with them. They're going to have them big notes to pay on them bills. You know, anytime you go against the grain of any massive organization, uh, you're going to have that. And any massive organization that's not of the father Elohim is going to have its rules, its own culture and its own laws. And it's going to continue to grow. I always remember that. So I'm just giving you the facts on how it came about. And uh, where that doesn't matter, it does matter. That statement primarily is made by people who don't know uh, and uh, don't ha have a lack of knowledge of light. That's what you call ignorance. See, knowledge of the kingdom is light. Rebellion against the knowledge of the kingdom is darkness. I always remember that now. All right. So let's look at this. Elohim acknowledges the significance of Hanukkah. Elohim does. He don't acknowledge Christmas. No, he don't. He don't acknowledge Easter neither. Uh, he don't acknowledge any of that. That's not a part of his culture. His word is law. His law didn't produce Christmas. His law did not produce Easter. His law did not produce Pentecost Sunday. His law did not produce Thanksgiving. His law did not produce 4th of July. His law did not produce Memorial Day. His law did not produce Veterans Day. And all of these days are mixed with religion, the religion culture. It's called the doctrine of the Nicolaitan. Yeshua said, I hate that. I hate the deeds as well as the doctrine. All right, and then let's get some um, some background on Hanukkah, how this came about. Now, this was a hidden feast, or you can say inserted, but it actually the father had in his mind all the time to do it. He just needed his people to meet the conditions, just like he already had in his mind in Bereshit in the beginning that he would send his own son, Yeshua, to pay the price of rebellion. The penalty of rebellion and transgression is death, separation, permanent. All right. So Yeshua was promised from Bereshi. You talked about from Bereshi all the way through Hazan called Revelation. All right. So the three primary uh, Moadibs, you will find them throughout scripture. This one occurs later on before Yeshua came into the earth also. All right. Now. Let's get it. In that day, the Hebrews of that day refused to change and compromise. Remember, I told you to make sure you remember that word compromise. They refused to change and compromise the order that he, Elohim, set up. You see, they didn't, they didn't compromise. They didn't go start another day based on what the Romans said do. Elohim chose and validated this season. Watch this. By putting his holy seed, Yeshua, the season of Hanukkah, dedication, we're going to get into more of it. His seed, Yeshua, the Messiah, in the womb of Miriam. Forty weeks later, Yeshua was born during the Feast of Tabernacle, one of the Lord's holy, divine appointed holy weeks for his people to celebrate. And we already showed you that in Bereshit 1 and 14, 
and in Shemot called Exodus 23, 14 through 27, you will find when, when the father said, keep these particular more deeds. And then in Yochanan 10, 22, uh, uh, actually it should be 20 and 20, uh, yeah, 10, 22. All right, those scriptures make reference to that, those notes. So take those notes. All right, let's look at another point here. The law of the king and the oil. You know, we're going to teach, you're going to have several parts of this. So what I don't get done, you can come back and listen to the rest. So we're going to do it that way. And and uh, my texts will help me out with my time. They'll let me know when that 60 is up. All right, the law of the king and the oil. Very important again. The law of the king is his word. Grace cannot delete the word. Grace cannot delete the law. Okay. Uh, a lot are still tied up and hung up on that. Grace got rid of law and grace is grace is the ability to keep the law, the word of the king. See, religious people don't like the word law because religion is full of lawlessness, actually. And, you know, rebel against what the father said and establish my own stuff. That's what religion does. Remember that grace is the ability to keep the word, to keep the law of the king. That's what grace is in its original text and content. Well, you know, the Bible said we're not under the law. The Bible said, listen, the scripture said we are not under ceremonial or ritual instructions and laws relative to making us righteous, but we are under the ability. Just move the word under out that we now have the ability, now we have the ability to keep the law of the kingdom. That's what it should, how it should be translated. But I know, I did it too. I just went by what the translator said, had me messed up too. But thank the Father for deliverance. All right. Uh, Galatians 5 and 9 says a little leaven. Now, leaven, Yeshua told us what leaven is when he uh, told the, uh, his scholars to beware of the leaven of the Pharisee, or the bread or leaven of the Pharisee. Then, he said, don't y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the doctrine of religious folk. All right. So he said, a little leaven or doctrine leavens the whole lump. Right. That's what uh, Galatians said. So actually the kingdom, uh, Yeshua taught one time, he says like leaven or yeast. That means that when you get influenced with the kingdom and, and you are submitted and you're willing to get up, get out of that unbelief, and all of that religious doctrine out your system, then the kingdom will spread. His dominion actually spreads and take over. He don't touch one thing, he touch everything. Now, here's some uh, background also on Hanukkah, and it's going to be repeated. Now, this is what happened, and this is why the reason Yeshua came, he, or the Father, already knew that this would happen. Remember, he has foreknowledge. He already know what's going to happen, who's going to do what, who's going to make what decisions for what, and all of this. He already know that. Now, only the priest, here we go, only the priest could break the seal. And this, this seal is talking about uh, the manure, which was um, manure, which was in the temple. And the light, the lights had to continue to burn. So all had to be in the candle in order to keep the light. The light had to keep going. Remember the word light. Remember the word oil. Very important. That's why we're talking about the law of the king and the oil. So only the priest could break the seal of the vessel of oil that was used to burn in the menorah. The Syrian Greeks. Ooh, the, the original text for the New Testament is Greek. The Syrians Greek, and this is why the original Hebrews and Yahudites knew better, hated 
they detested the Greeks language, their culture and all of that. And they weren't writing no Hebrew and Greek. Uh, anyway, I always get on there because it's just disturbing. The Syrian Greeks broke the seal when they had went in here. They had Maccab the Maccabeans and the Syrian Greeks went in Jerusalem and, and took over the temple. And when they went in there, this is what they did because they knew about the power that was released as a result of the people of Elohim obeying his word and his law. They knew that that all was needed to keep that light going. They didn't want the light going. They want to put the light out. That's what the enemy want to do. He want people to rebel against the light. When you rebel against the light by freedom of choice, then you put the light. I mean, you can't kill the knowledge of the kingdom, but you can put it out in you and not let it get in your mind and your belief system. And that's why they went and did what they did. The enemy have strategy. He know what to do. Replacement theology. The big lie about the Greek translation. Uh, the big lie about, you know, all of this, uh, these uh, added on whole verses in the translation of the Bible. The big lie about the Roman Catholic Church was ordained to give us the word of Elohim in terms of canonizing what we call the Bible today burning up scriptures, writings of Elohim that had been written to his people. They chose what books to put in the Bible. They did it. Not, not the Holy Spirit. All right. So, uh, the Syrians Greek broke the seal on purpose so they could not be used for Yah's strict requirements for the order of temple worship. Elohim preserved one vessel of oil. Watch this. Let me know when I got 10 left. Elohim preserved one vessel of oil. Even while they was doing it, the father had a plan. He, he said, I'm going to preserve one. You see, one man, through one man, rebellion in the, into the world, and through one man, righteous reign in the world. He didn't need but one person. It was one man that started the entire human race. He, he made one body from that earth, put that spirit and soul of Adam in that physical body. He did not go back to the earth ever again to make another human being. He went back to that one man, brought out another body, formed it and fashioned it in a female body and call her Masa Izanigad, woman Isha. Isha mean what comes from the fire. Ish is the male, the man being created in the midst of the fire. All right. So Elohim preserved one vessel of oil to show forth his power and approval for what? For them not compromising. They didn't compromise once they uh, got the knowledge of the truth. They, they threw them jingle bells away and cut kicked that Christmas tree to the curb and got rid of all that stuff and stopped wearing uh, red and white on, on some Pentecost Sunday, you know, the, the Mithras, uh, what Constantine had deemed to be a day of worship and things like this. And we're teaching. We're teaching. We're, we're not teaching on a day because it's Sunday. <laughs> and we don't gather because it's Sunday. We teach on Saturdays. We teach on Tuesdays. We teach on Thursdays. Uh, we, you know, we go whereas people are available and, and they are not at work slaving and just so happen to be the weekend. So we take advantage of it, but never think we worship because it's on Sunday. We don't do that. And we don't worship because it's Saturday, because we're not on and being our, our belief system is not being governed by the secular Roman culture is being governed by the kingdom culture. Thank you very much. Now, Yochanan, uh, let's look at this. Uh, then uh, let's look at this, right? Let me see why I got Yochanan 10 and 22 and see should that be. Let's see what's there. But don't go there yet. I just want to check something. Just give me a moment here. 
Uh, let's see why we keep seeing that in our notes. Yes, we're going to look at Yokanon 10.22. Now, before you go there, uh, in our notes here, we got Yokanon 10.22. All right, now we are moving into, uh, we are moving into, wait a minute, how I get way down there? Right, we're talking about the king and the oil. Let's look at Yokanon 10.22. I have it pulled up here. Uh, all right, wait a minute. Don't go there yet. Don't go there yet. I want to give you another translation. I want to give you another translation of it. Okay, 10.22. Let, let me get this right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you this particular uh, translation that I've been telling you about. And we're going to look at Yochanan 10.22. And we're going to see that Yeshua participate in all this stuff. Let's look and see here. Okay, there we go. There we go. All right, let's look at it. All right, come to me now. Here we go. And we reading, this is the scripture, 2009 version. All right, now. That's why, you know, I started off saying it's Hanukkah in the Bible or is in the scriptures. In the scriptures, dedication is in the Bible. All right. At that time, the Hanukkah came to be in Jerusalem. See, there's no J's in there. And it was winter. And Yahshua, not Jesus, Yahshua was walking in the set apart place or holy place in the porch of Shalomo, Shalomo. So the Yehudim surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, say to us plainly. Now we went there to show you that Yeshua was right there celebrating the feast of dedication. He was conceived during this time. The same time he was conceived, you know, he, he is uh, also recognizing and ordained and validating what him and the father validated and ordained uh, prior to him and him even coming into the earth. OK, so now let's look at this note. Then came and I got it here. Also, I just want to show you that in that translation. Then came the festival dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter uh, and it was winter. Now, the book of Maccabees, one of the books they uh, they threw away, but they couldn't get rid of and told you not to read. And also the you, you, uh, the Hebrew historian Josephus. And I got a note here where you can find this. What I'm about to read, you can find it in the Maccabees and you can find it in the historical writing of the uh, Hebrew uh, Josephus in the writing of the history of the original Hebrews. Watch what it read, and it's going it, the same thing is in scripture. Watch this. All right. Now, what is the reason of Hanukkah? For our rabbis taught on the 25th of Kazli commenced the days of Hanukkah, which are eight, on which a lamentation for the dead and fasting are forbidden. For when the Greeks entered the temple, they defy all the oils therein, and the, you don't have nothing in history where the Greeks did something to bring themselves out of this hole in terms of acknowledging the Father and 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 not compromising. Whereas the Father will have the Hebrews write in their language. No, it doesn't work like that. All right, doesn't work like that. But when the Greeks enter the temple, they defile all the oils therein. We know except for one, and when the uh, Hashmonean dynasty prevailed against and defeated them. Hashmonean, talking about the Maccabees, they made search and found only one curse of oil which lay 
with the seal of the high priest. Man, this is good. We're going to get into this seal and the high priest. Oh, well. But which contains sufficient for one day light and only. Yet a miracle was wrought therein, and they lit the lamp therewith for eight days. The following year, these days were appointed a festival or more deep with the recital of Hallel and Thanksgiving. No Christmas trees, no Christmas gifts, no Santa Claus, no Rudolph the reindeer, no socks hanging on a mantle. None of that. All of that is religious paganistic practices that was done prior to, watch this, prior to the Romans uh, and the Catholic Church taking over. All right, now, so we're about, we're about to come to an end on this session, and uh, we're going to go into the next session, and you're going to see how important it is to understand the oil and the seal, you see, and we're going to show you that Miriam was that curse of all who would contain the Messiah, the anointing. Her seal would be broken, which is her womb, only by the high priest Yeshua when he was birthed, when he was born during the Feast of Tabernacle. Very, very important. Now watch this. That light, I'm just going to give you some things before we get into it. That light, uh, that one, because of the anointing that Yeshua brought, who is the governor of the Holy Spirit, never goes out. See, that eight days was supposed to last one, last eight. The number eight come from the Hebrew alphabet, het. In the ancient African Medunita, het is a picture of offense. And that, that will uh, uh, remind us of what this letter, actual, letter word actually means. Het is fair. I, think, I believe it's het Utah. And het, one of the significance of het, it means to be brought close to the heart. Close to the heart. It also means to protect because of ownership. It's like it means territory and boundaries. And because the Lord, uh, we when we get born again, he become our Lord, our owner, you know, by submission of our will. He owned everything as Lord, earth and fullness thereof. Everybody dwell therein, whether they like it or not. But by freedom of choice, we choose him to be our Lord, to be our king. And by doing it, then he protect us. He brings us close. That's what the number eight is significant of. It's not the number of new beginnings. They're just taking some event that happened in scripture or a cycle of time in terms of, you know, the seven being the completion of a cycle of time, then going into the eight, which begins another cycle of time relative to time. However, eight does not mean new beginning. Eight means to protect, to bring close, uh, head to the heart. That's key. Uh, that letter word is used in spelling for the original word in the Hebrew for grace, which is hen, head noon. You see, he brought us close. And because we receive him and chose him, his seed, uh, that's one of the meanings for noon, came in us, the corruptible seed, which produced eternal life and put us in a the, in the place and position of sons again and inheritors of the kingdom benefits. Very powerful when you study from the Hebrew Olivet and see what these words mean. So next session, we're going to get into the unbroken seal, the unbroken seal. And uh, this is very important in terms of not compromising. You understand? Yeshua now is our high priest. The book of Hebrew called Hebrew said he passed through the heavens. When he passed through, he conquered everything. He is our high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. 
<laughs> oh wow that's very powerful so uh beloved we appreciate you much uh i don't know how much time is i guess i got about five ten minutes all right beloved we, we're gonna um wow this is this is totally awesome next session we'll get back in here and we're gonna share some other things with you now as a point of review remember we start off sharing with you uh law produced culture and the citizens of a nation or a kingdom behavior patterns are governed by the laws of that nation now the scripture uh, tells us clearly in uh is it first k for two that we are a holy nation a royal priesthood uh 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 peculiar people we are uh, uh, uh let's go there let me let me get it right quick because i can quote it but i just want want you to see it because there are several uh let me get it first uh there are several there are several names other than church and christian that the scripture uh referred to us as all right and we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. We don't need to go to a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're being called out, out of darkness into the light that we should show forth the praises of him. So the scripture is clear about, uh, there it is, in uh, Kepha, uh 2 and 9. 2 and 9, let's go there. Uh, Aleph Kepha 2 and 9 colonizers name first peter 2 and 9 but you are a chosen people a chosen generation a royal priesthood denoting that we are of the culture the content of kingdom definition of terms a holy nation he didn't say church he said nation all right a holy nation elohim special possession that you should declare the praise of him who you call who call you out of ignorance rebellion against the knowledge call you uh, of the light and to his wonderful light once you were not a people but now you are the people of elohim once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy all right and we're gonna uh, end it right there and we're gonna pick back up on the unbroken seal and we're gonna show you the two different words for version in the hebrew and 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 how one uh womb would be barren and only open by the lord and a song would come forth for his specific, unique use. We're going to see that. And we're going to look into some other things concerning Hanukkah. How important it is to get a proper understanding. And I know in America, in the religious democratic culture, uh, you know, you got the Christians celebrate Christmas and the European Jews celebrating Hanukkah. But Hanukkah is for all kingdom citizens. Thank you very much. Love you much. And let me say this. That Yeshua have paid the price paid the penalty paid the charge for rebellion high treason against the kingdom government that was committed by the first adam elohim representative in the earth the last adam came went through the process of death burial resurrection walked in perfect total obedience he operated as the first adam did he said what you see me do these works you will do the same thing once you get restored back to your position of righteousness and your dominion restored back how do that take place the scriptures say if we own up to acknowledge that yeshua is king he is lord he came into earth to redeem us if we do that and believe in our heart and i believe system actually believe that precept why he came 
the reason he came and accept that, then he said we would be saved. You know, for out of the heart a person believe, and what we believe come out of our mouth. You understand that? That's a, six, a stage conformity process. We receive the truth. We accept the truth. The truth become our conviction. Uh, our concepts, our concepts will produce a conviction. Uh, our conviction is a, uh, uh, the original ideals that we heard, you know, and then what happens because that's what's in our belief system that become our thoughts. It come out of our mouth and the actions take place in our lives. So just saying something alone is what I'm getting at. Don't get it. Well, if you say, uh, you know, Yeshua, you are my Lord, and I'm, then you be saved. You don't have to say nothing else. Person ain't believe, ain't have no convictions. They never accepted that. They just did it because they was in trouble. They was crying and there was some good music going on. But I want to offer you citizenship to the kingdom. Yeshua paid the price. Believe that he did what he did. Confess, own up that you are in rebellion, living in ignorance. I didn't know. Now I know. Father, I want to be restored to my position of righteousness in the earth. Father, I want my dominion back. Father, I want to walk in obedience to you. Father, I want to pick up the mandate of an ambassador, a representative of you in the earth. When you do that and be for real about it, then you become a citizen of the kingdom. Your spirit is regenerated. You're washed. Your rebellious nature is done away with. Now you have to learn the laws of the kingdom. That's the way you become a citizen of the kingdom. And if that's you and you believe that, then you pray, you communicate right there. The Holy Spirit is right there, right standing before you right now. And he'll take you in. Love you much. Appreciate you not, uh, much. See you on the next session. Shalom, shalom, and shalom. Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors has a mobile app available to you. That's right, it's the Church by Ministry One app available in your Play Store. Simply download the app, open it up, then type in Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors in order to find the ministry. Be sure to allow the application to send you notifications. And then there's a profile option that gives the ministry information about you. And it's all available in the Church by Ministry One app. Download that from your Play Store today and be in touch with Empowerment of Faith wherever you go.